0: Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama bee always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy. The podcast today is a solo jam where we are going to talk all things loneliness. I would have to say, you guys, the number one thing that brings people down or where they find themselves so stuck too often is loneliness. I know that personally, I've struggled with loneliness from time to time, and I certainly have gone through seasons of feeling bummed about feeling lonely. And I've had conversations with people close to me who have friends and family and loved ones surrounding them, and they still find themselves having moments of loneliness, is something that we all experience. But what's really happening here with loneliness? I have been getting really, really curious about this topic, and I've uncovered several truths for myself that I really want to share with you today. And hopefully, it helps you if you have been fighting with loneliness or experiencing those feelings or maybe have in the past, or I'm pretty sure you will in the future. Hopefully you can come back and return to this space and just feel a sense of relief moving through it. So first things first, let's talk about what is loneliness. I know we all say it. I know we all know at a deep cellular level what that feels like in our system. But loneliness is the state of being alone and feeling sad about it. Let me repeat that. Loneliness is the state of being alone and feeling sad about it. So let's dive into that phrase in and of itself. Because when I hear that, all I see is opportunity. And I didn't used to feel like that. But after kind of deconstructing loneliness, which we're going to do today here on the podcast, I'm like, wow, okay, if loneliness is a state of being alone and feeling sad about it, this is, a, this is a moment of opportunity for us if we can really break this down and understand it. So what I mean by an opportunity is that if something is a state, that means it can be changed. We can shift in and out of states, right? There is so much choice and change that can happen when something is in a state. It's not permanent. So first things first, if you are feeling lonely, just know you are in a space that you can change. Woohoo! Isn't that exciting? That is so exciting. Right? That means it's in your hands. It's in your heart. It's it's an opportunity for your hands, your heart and your head to all support your soul and actually move through this. You're not actually as stuck as you think that you are. All right, you're not stuck, you're in a state. Now the next part of that phrase, loneliness is a state of being alone and feeling sad about it. The next part of this is the feeling part. Noticing that you are feeling sad about being in this state. And noticing is so key, it's so critical. I work with my clients on being in a state of awareness. And that is a skill, that is a practice. We need specific tools to actually sharpen and heighten our awareness so that we can notice our needs and our emotions and what's actually happening within ourselves. And when we're willing to notice and acknowledge the emotions and where they're taking up space in our systems, we can then take action to nourish our needs rather than pressing them down. So if we use this approach with loneliness, we can actually learn how to serve our souls rather than getting lost in the lonely and staying stuck in that state. Isn't that good news? I mean, that's really good news, you guys. This is good news, all good things with loneliness, and it only gets better from here. So stick with me. Let's talk about where we go wrong with loneliness. Because if we can't spot what we're doing wrong, we don't know how to actually shift it, okay? So why does loneliness linger from time to time? Why do we stay there longer than we actually need to? It feels sometimes like we just can't snap out of it. And maybe we tell ourselves things like, we're just meant to be, I'm just meant to be lonely. And I believe we get stuck for a couple of reasons, three reasons in specific why we get stuck. So number one reason, first reason is we are not acknowledging and allowing the sadness. Guys, we got to be sad. We got to be sad when your loneliness pops up, when that sadness pops up, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You can't distract yourself from it. You actually need to acknowledge that it's there and allow yourself to be sad. Now, this doesn't mean to bask in the sadness. It just means to acknowledge and acknowledge and let yourself know that that's where you're at right now. All right? We're not making it bigger than it is. We're just acknowledging that it's there, right? We need to give the sadness lots of love and attention. Give it love. Give it safety. Let it be noticed. But what happens so often is our brains go, you're lonely, you suck. Right? I mean, it's not even funny, but that's really what happens. At least that's what happens in my brain. You are lonely and you that means you suck. You're horrible. You're not worthy. Nobody wants to think those things, but the reality is, is sometimes they pop up. And maybe we say things like, nobody wants to be with me, spend time with me, I'm not special enough, there's something wrong with me. It really tries to, our brains, our busy brains try to make meaning out of your aloneness, which leads us to number two. Number two reason why we get stuck is we confuse alone with lonely and we believe the bullying messages from our busy brains. This point, this number two point is key. There is a big difference between being alone and feeling lonely, but sometimes we lump it all together. And society has done a really, really good job of convincing us that if we don't have a partner or a specific amount of friends or a quote-unquote sex-in-the-city-like friend group, which P.S. doesn't exist, guys. It just doesn't, okay? Or we don't have Instagram posts that are worthy of the weekends, right? With everybody out there doing all the things all the time. Or we spend more time alone than with others Like society says, well, if you don't have all those things, then you should feel sad about that. There's something wrong with this picture. That's what society wants you to believe. There's something wrong with this picture. There's something wrong with you. You should feel really sad about that. And I had to learn this the hard way. I can speak on this topic because I experienced it firsthand and it's changed drastically, drastically over the years of doing the work. I felt super lonely when I was newly divorced. Like really, 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 really lonely. I have moments of loneliness now and then, and it comes and ebbs and flows, and I'm sure yours does too. But when I was newly divorced, I was really lonely. And what had happened was my partner and I had moved to California. He was my husband at the time. And at that time, we basically only had each other. We didn't have any friends out there. I certainly had no friends of my own. We basically had mutual friends that he met through work. Uh, So we spent a lot of time together. So when we got divorced and we moved out of the same place of living, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any him. I didn't have any partner and I didn't have any family or friends to run to. I had me. I had been the type of person my majority of my life who tried to keep busy, surround myself with others nonstop nonstop, from from a very young age or at least from high school on, I was always this person constantly surrounding myself with people, 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 zero time alone. And even though I didn't have a lot of friends when I moved, I just surrounded myself with my husband and that was it. That can be a really slippery slope. So when I suddenly woke up to just me and no one else to turn to, I had to shift gears and get really good at being alone. I resisted that alone time so hard in the beginning. Because again, I would bully myself into believing, okay, Heidi, you're alone, you are in Loserville. So I poured myself instead, I poured myself into work, I became a workaholic, I became an exerciseaholic. I immediately joined dating apps and put myself out there and started going out all the time and started partying with anybody that would party with me, all of that to fill the alone time. I could not handle the thought of being alone because I thought it meant that I was a loser and I sucked. And you know why we try to fill that alone time? We fill alone time because we don't enjoy the company we have when we're alone. Let me say this again. We fill our alone time because we don't enjoy the company we have when we're alone. Yep, I said it. All right, I said it. The reality is, if you can't sit with yourself, what do you not enjoy sitting with? There's a good chance you don't like what you hear from yourself, the thoughts you have about you, how you speak to yourself, all those things. There's a good chance that you don't like how you feel with this version of you. So we got to first look at the relationship with ourselves. So much changed for me when I decided to stop filling the space, avoiding my feelings, avoiding the version of me that I didn't like spending time with, and instead focused on learning how to love and accept this version of me and create this next version of me in this new chapter. I decided to instead... When I got sick and tired of it and realized that that wasn't going to work by avoiding it, I decided to become a master of my alone time. And when I mastered the aloneness, I enjoyed time with others and myself so much more. And guess what? The loneliness dissipated. It lightened up. And there were a lot of times when it, it wasn't there anymore, even when I was alone. Now, I know you're probably saying, how, 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 how did you do it? How do I do it? Blah, blah, blah. And I get it. But I can't show you how in a 30-minute podcast. I show my clients, both in my group coaching and one-to-one coaching, I show them how when we work in that one-to-one or group space, using the transformational toolbox and practices that I have as a coach on a weekly basis. It's not just a one and done in 30 minutes, listen and just off on your own. We have to ease into this stuff. So if you want the how to, I want you to check out joyfullydivorce.com, book a connection call with me or apply to join that group. And I promise you, you too will become a master of your alone time and the loneliness will also dissipate. It is a life-changing what we do when we spend time in the healing space together. But let's get back to number three. The number three thing that keeps us stuck in the loneliness loop is not taking action. Remember how we talked about it being a state, a place that you're in, just temporary? We have to take action in order to shift that state. If you don't take action, you stay in that state. All right. Think about it even like a map, like, the other version of state. This is like state of mind, state of being. But like, let's think about the United States, like different states. You're not gonna be in a different state if you don't like living in Nebraska. If you don't like living in Nebraska, you gotta actually take action. You gotta get in your car, you gotta drive over the line and drive to a different state. So we have to drive ourselves, get ourselves in our emotional car and drive ourselves to a different state of beingness. Otherwise, you're not going to leave this state. So once we do number one, acknowledge and allow the sadness, then we have to do something to nourish that sadness and create a state change. So allow the sadness, in order to allow the sadness to move through you, we have four ways. There's more ways, but these are the, the general base of ways that I use to best create a state of change. And those things are, write these down, breath, movement, sound, and touch. Now, I'm a certified breathwork facilitator, so I do a lot of breathwork practice on myself and with my clients. It helps, if you're not familiar, it's breathing patterns that are done in a specific way based on your intention and your needs for different lengths of time to access the parts of the body that actually hold these deep resting emotions and it helps release or move those emotions at a deep cellular level so we don't have to try to think our way out of things because that's just exhausting. If you're trying to think your way out of loneliness, you're probably going to just feel exhausted all the time. So use your breath. The next option is movement. Literally move your physical body. It is a great way to shift your state and there are so many ways to do this because I get people saying, "Well, I'm not a runner and I don't I my body can't do this or that." Fine. But most people, no matter who you are, can even sit in a chair or on your couch and you can shake your arms and you can shake your head and you can shake it out. Literally moving your physical body is incredible. I like to Turn on state changing music. So turn on some jams that you haven't maybe tapped into in a while. Even if you don't feel like you can take it, like turn up those eighties tunes. That's what my go to is, or whatever it is. It's going to not be depressing music, like turn on rage music or joyful music or whatever it is that you need to move through. Shake it out, dance, whatever you need to do. I'll go. I sometimes I'll go for a walk, a run, a swim, even a walk to the mailbox and back can create a state of change, all right? The third way is sound. You can hum, you can sing, you can scream, you can cry, you can talk out your sadness literally to yourself or a trusted person. There are tons of ways to use sound as a state change. And the last one is touch. Not a lot of people talk about this, but actually embrace yourself, hug yourself. I'll put my hands over my heart and say, you are loved, you are safe, you are enough. Sometimes I'll rub my head if I'm feeling a lot of pressure in my head. Sometimes I'll get that face roller and and roll, you know, my forehead or my cheeks or my neck. Sometimes I'll even just like rub my thighs or squeeze my knees, whatever it is that supports my body in that moment. So I want you to get curious with this. Get curious with the ways that you can use physical touch on yourself. You don't have to rely on anyone outside of yourself to use breath, movement, sound, and touch. They are four very incredible healing tools that you can use yourself. But the worst thing that you can do is ignore. Don't shove it off and hope that it goes away. It will literally be there clogging up your system, blocking your joy if you ignore it it will result in more loneliness and more stuckness the truth about loneliness is that it's a label a label that we use to describe the sensations and emotions that we're not really too keen on but here's a fun fact the sensation that loneliness gives us that sadness the sensation is just information The sensation is just information. And a lot of times we make a bigger deal of this than we need to. And we create messages that aren't even true in our busy brains instead of just knowing, oh, this sensation is telling me something. Our emotions are just nudges, like our little pokes, little pokes, little taps on the shoulder to alert us that the body is making a request. That's all. Don't make it mean anything else. Don't allow the sensation of loneliness to mean something about you that isn't true. And if you find yourself in this situation right now or in the future, I invite you to remember that you're simply misinterpreting the message. You're, you're misinterpreting the data, the information that the sensation is sending. We win the loneliness battle when we can go, Oh, my brain wants to label myself as lonely today. So what is my body requesting of me? And ask yourself, what can I do with this data? I've learned that when this request comes up for me, a lot of times the request, the information from the sensations are things like, hey, Heidi, I really I really want to be seen. I really want to be heard. I really want to be valued right now. Hey, Heidi, I, hey, I'm craving connection. Help me out with that. Hey, Heidi, like sometimes it's even as simple as, hey, Heidi, I'm craving fun. I'm craving variety. Can you switch things up? I'm bored with myself. I'm bored with you. They're just requests. The sensation of loneliness is your helper. It's a whisper in your ear. It's like, psst, hey, we're headed in the direction of feeling really funked up. Let's do something to nourish our needs right now before we get too low. The moral of the story today is that we get to lean into loneliness. Lean into loneliness. Ask it what it's here to reveal to you. And then do something with that information to support yourself. Loneliness is a state and alone time gets to be a real treat when you treasure yourself. I hope this is so helpful, you guys. I know the holidays are like in full swing and they can feel really lonely for those of us navigating heartbreak in any capacity, in any heartbreak that you're facing, in any kind of loss that you're facing. So I'm offering one-to-one sessions that can span the holidays of Christmas, New Year's and Valentine's Day. Three months, you and me, doing the deep healing work to move forward faster. So if you're looking for that, I want you to go to joyfullydivorce.com, book a quick 15-minute session with me to talk about Heal Through the Holidays coaching. I'm sending you all so much love. And remember to go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.